your first time on a podcast. Now, you're now yeah. the third person I'll have had oh, on the show. Cool. Who'll be doing their first podcast. So. Oh, nice. Okay, good. Is that right? Three? Yeah. So it's Very good. Cool. Like introducing people. Um, it's what, 2.30? And we've already had like brunch and yeah. you've already led a workout. You've already taught a class. Yes. Yeah. So productive day. Yeah, very productive day. Got getting the steps in. Getting all the carbs. Yeah, getting I got all the carbs. I yeah. already fi- finished my uh, my. <laughs> well, I'm still. Yeah, I'm still. I think I still have 200 calories for my move. On your, so yeah. Your Apple Watch circle. I yeah. have to do a little run later. I'm at multiple maybe. times my uh, my Wait, goal at this yes, point. Yes, your your midnight run. <laughs> <laughs> Starting runs at 12:30 does does do that for you. Yes. Uh, cool. Um, all right. Well, I guess we can get started. Okay. It is February 3rd, 2018. I'm Michael Gabriel, and you're listening to Run the Small World, a show in which I talk to friends and share my loves for Disney, running, run Disney, and whatever else comes up. So, uh, since this is your first time on, who are you, and how do I know you? Uh, I am Elizabeth Bramblett, and we know each other through... We met at Georgia Tech when we were there for college, and how long has it been? Like, 10 years? It's gotta be. It's 2018 now. We had... I mean, we've probably been friends, like actively hanging out since at least 2018, if not before, because we graduated, we both graduated in 2019, right? 2009. Uh Or 2009, right? Sorry. Yes. We were definitely hanging out for like a solid year before that, I feel like, right? So yeah. So yeah. So yeah. 10 years. Long time. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) Yep. Exactly. Like keeping up with each other, running a mutual interest. Disney mutual interest. Yes. So yeah. We like a lot of the same things. It's funny. We both kind of independently got into the park thing at like the same time yeah which is really fun yeah exactly because yeah i went for a disney trip and that just rekindled right all that interest and and yeah. that was right around when i did my first disney marathon and so then we just started talking about disney park stuff right which is fun yeah. yeah cool um so what's your running background so my running background i started really running in college i didn't do really anything in high school, wasn't into cross country or track. So I just started running in college. I think my goal was I wanted to do the Peachtree Road Race. So um, I started running in college just to stay in shape and just to have a nice outlet for Georgia Tech. Um, And so yeah, and I I did the Peachtree. And I mean, there have been times where I've kind of like backed away from the running, but then come back in. So yeah, running and I have just had a, I guess, on again, off again relationship. <laughs> the off the off portions probably due to, you know, little injuries, minor things. But then I would, yeah, come back, sign up for a race and be back with it. Cool. Yeah. Uh, and also just for some background, you are the first friend who kind of started pushing me in the distance of long distance running. Because yeah. uh, I guess you wanted to sign up for the Atlanta 10 miler at mm-hmm. one point and you asked me like if i'd do it and i was like sure and i had never really done anything longer than a 10k and i think i'd only done two 10ks then and i like ran races and liked races but i didn't really enjoy the running between but it was a thing i did i had done high school stuff so i was familiar enough with that and we did the 10 miler together and then that's when i got a taste for at least race day excitement yeah uh and then immediately signed up for the half marathon three weeks later and then signed up for another half marathon and didn't train for those. uh, (laughs) You've gotten better though about the training. (laughs) It was because I had done those that our friend Brooke decided to ask me to sign up for the New York City Marathon with her in Uh which I got in and she didn't. So, so that's like, but I don't think if we hadn't, if you hadn't gotten me to do the 10 miler, I don't think she would have even kind of thought to, to ask me. So there you go. Yeah. Yes. I've definitely gotten better at the training thing. Yes. Yes. 
Cool. And uh, Disney back- background. Anything that you want to share about your Disney background? Oh, well, my love for Mickey Mouse started at a very early age. Uh, yeah, we have home videos of me whenever Mickey Mouse, whatever, would come on TV. I would yell at the top of my lungs, Mickey Mouse! <laughs> and I mean, just like run to the TV, dancing in place to the little songs. So, you know, that's where it started. And then, you know, just always been a Disney fan. Uh, I actually didn't go to the Disney parks until I was in middle school. I went, um, it was for like a cheerleading type thing Um, at cheerleading camp. They had a thing called All Stars that you could audition for. Um, So basically I made the All Stars at cheerleading Mm -hmm. camp. And so we got to go to Walt Disney World to march in a parade at Thanksgiving. So I got to do that my seventh grade and eighth grade years. And so that was the first time I had been to Disney World. Cool. And yeah, it was just awesome. And then I didn't go back again till I guess a couple of years ago. And yeah. that's when I've just been Disney, Disney, Disney all the time. Yeah. Got an annual pass, go as much as I can. Yeah. I mean, you and I went on a trip together in December. Annual yeah. passes make that much easier to justify. Yes. Um, yeah. The same thing. Like, I guess I hadn't my that marathon weekend which is around when we started talking about park stuff was my first time since like probably late elementary school middle early middle school so yeah coming back as an adult it's like a whole different experience and it's really cool to have that gap in experience too because you're like oh man some of these things are still as exciting as they were to me as a kid and some of these things I probably didn't even think twice about as an, as a kid, you know. Right, exactly. Yeah, I think Epcot's definitely one of those things. Like as a kid, I remember, you know, I remember thinking it was cool, all the different countries, that kind of thing. And I went actually at the like the Millennium Celebration time, mm. so there were some, you know, special things happening then. But you know, other than that, I was just like, ah, eh, okay, it's fine. But yeah, but Epcot's like one of my favorite things as an adult now. Yeah, and yeah. I, I swear, if I lived down there, I would be at Epcot, you know, a couple times a week. I know. Just, yeah, let's yeah. go to dinner at Epcot, you right. know? Right, and there's always something going on because all the festivals, like right now they have Festival of the Arts. Yeah. And then, you know, Flower and Garden, Food and Wine. So there's always something going on. So even as a local, it's, you know, fun and new, no matter you, when you go. You've seen Festival of the Arts before, right? No, I wanted to go this year, but since it's so close to Princess, I was... I, okay. I couldn't justify a trip down, yeah. but yeah, I maybe next either. year. Maybe, maybe. Um, cool. The next segment after the getting to know the guest segment is uh, just a recent running news item. Uh, I just saw really quick an article from GQ about a new indie running clothing brand, um, which I guess you and I used to talk about clothing and stuff more than we do now. And stuff, yeah. so I just felt like this was a appropriate for an episode with you. Uh, it's a company called Path Projects, uh, opened late 2017. The former CEO and co-founder of a company called One Distribution Company, who does like skater, uh, skatewear brands uh-huh. uh, and stuff. But he started getting into ultra marathons and found stuff was really uncomfortable for him. Like he would chafe with everything. And so he wanted to kind of make his own brand of stuff that was more comfortable and also looked more like regular wear instead of the bright, colorful clothing that I actually like a lot. But <laughs> but apparently he to. wasn't into yeah. <laughs> I mean, he is a guy who started a skatewear company, so you know he's probably into that that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but as you would expect from something written up in GQ, it's a more expensive brand. Sure. That <laughs> maybe... And anything with the word indie attached to it, I feel yes. like merits a higher uh, higher price. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, the way they sell it, uh, I mean, of 
aside from the fact that it looks more like street clothes, they also sell it as a supposedly higher performing than gear from Nike and Adidas and stuff because they claim that those brands focus all their R&D on shoes and leave none of it for the other clothing. So they're taking advantage of that weakness, which yeah. maybe is true, maybe is not. But sure. uh, I will have a link in the show notes to this episode uh, to the GQ article where I read that. Uh, I think it was just put up like a few days ago. Uh, so. That's cool. I, I mean, I'm all about the athleisure. So if it's <laughs> something that, yeah, you can wear uh, and it's going to really work performance wise for you on a run or whatever exercise you're doing and then immediately, you know, go grab coffee with friends, but still look nice. Yeah. Don't you know? look like you just went out on a run. Right. Like. Exactly. It's just, yeah, you still kind of, yeah, have that cool, like chic look to you. Like, yeah, that's awesome. Cool. Worth checking out. So the next segment is the guest topic. So what is your topic? So as you know, I've had a lot of just minor kind of setback injury type things that have plagued my my running life. Um, And I just kind of wanted to talk about that because, you know, I'm sure a lot of people struggle with it. And yeah, just things where you're trying to build up with your training program, or maybe you're not even on a training program, but you just want to build a base and something happens. And it's, it's not a major injury. So it's nothing where you know, it's going to knock you out of running for a long time, which is a good thing. But then I feel like the minor things are so much more frustrating because it's like, okay, well, let me take a couple of weeks off. And then you come back and it's still that pain is still like lingering. And so you just are kind of like at a loss of what to do. And for me, mentally, it's just really challenging and frustrating because, you know, the benefits of running for me are so great. Just physically, you know, you're doing something good for your body. It's good for your heart you're building strength. It's great mentally. Um, and, but you know, those minor little things and I'm like, I can't do it. So it's like, it's almost like a betrayal Mm -hmm. of your body. Your body's betraying you. Um, so yeah, it's just frustrating right now. I'm dealing with a little toe thing, um, left big toe stuff, but it's on the outs. Hopefully it won't, uh, flare up anymore. I'm taking precautions (laughs) and yeah, trying to, to do the right things. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, that is a people, I'm I'm definitely one of them. People are always tempted to do way too much when they have an injury and you just yeah. make things worse and you make it less likely that you'll ever be able to do the thing you like doing. Um, we'll talk about this more because it, it works with uh, my topic, which we'll get to afterwards. But yeah, the taking it easy because you have to take it easy. Sometimes your body just needs it. You have to rest it. <laughs> right. I know. And usually, I mean, I'm at the point now, like in life getting older and just kind of, you know, used to, you know, I'm, I'm okay with resting. Like I've gotten... <laughs> much better at being able to just embrace that um and yeah listen to my body and really give it the time it needs to recover but it's hard when you're you've got a race coming up which we do you've got princess in three weeks so three wow is it really that soon yeah i think so oh yeah yeah three weeks yeah so i'm like i don't want to (laughs) die after the race and i still want to be able to enjoy the disney parks and everything so it's it's hard because you've got that looming and so it's just a little bit of added pressure and so you kind of want to get back mm-hmm. sooner than your body actually needs you to yeah, get back. And, and in the end though you're always better off taking a little bit more rest than taking too little. Like it's For sure. Uh, you just will go slower than you want to go. I right. Mean, but but really I mean for the most part if you've done any running you can get through at least for a half marathon and down you can get through any distance if you pace it slow enough and take walking breaks and stuff like that. And exactly. So. Yeah. Which is what, yeah, we talked about earlier today when, yeah, I just had a treadmill run yesterday and my toe didn't hurt after. And I was so happy. <laughs> and it's because, yeah, I just took it really slow and easy and it was still well within what I 
need to do for princess to not get caught by the sag wagon and pulled <laughs> off the course so yeah so it just kind of gave me that assurance that i can do it i i can't do it i'll be ready yeah you will stay away from those balloon ladies you will yes. fend them off that's right i will be like stay away from me don't come get me <laughs> stay far away <laughs> the next segment is the disney recent disney news item and this is a little bit different it's a little uh, kind of sort of like something out of a movie. Uh, Disney World Security this week helped catch a man suspected of credit card fraud. They saw a bunch of purchases being made in the Disney Springs area on a card used to check into a room in the Cars area of the Art of Animation Resort. Uh-huh. It's very specific detail. <laughs> and so they went to the room and no one answered. So they went in and the security went in and they found a whole bunch of credit cards and they called the Secret Service. Oh, wow. Getting <laughs> so, the feds in on yes. this. <laughs> <laughs> so the agents found uh, like $5,000 in purchases had been made on that particular card alone, along with a card encoder and dozens of other cards. And then a whole bunch of other people showed up at the room while they were there. So, oh, this um, is a whole operation. It is. So I'm, I'll link to the article, but it was, uh, it was fascinating. Like this was... This is like a real thing that happened. I didn't that happened. hear about this. This is crazy. Yeah, I think the article I read was from a local news station from like three days ago yeah. or something. So yeah, it was pretty pretty weird. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Did not, I, I was just kind of looking through Disney news and I saw that and it just really caught my eye. I was like, this is not a thing I hear about related to I Disney. I know. But... The, yeah, the Secret Service having to come in. I mean, wow. Can you imagine being the Disney security people and that, like, who the, the guy who flagged that or, or woman, the man or woman uh-huh. who flagged that is like, oh, wow. Like. There's something weird going on here. Yeah, yeah. It's like, this is serious. (laughs) Wow. And man, I'll never, I haven't stayed at Art of Animation before, but now if I do, I'll, yeah, I'll go over to the Cars Land part and be like, this is where it happened. It all went down over here. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Okay, so the the next segment is my topic, the host topic. And uh, I talked to you about it, and I actually mentioned this in the episode last week, uh, or I guess this past Monday, uh, that. This week at work, I was going to be giving a, a presentation on failure and kind of lessons learned, and I was going to be talking about running. And I wanted to, uh, I did have it, and it was successful. Uh, and I'm not going to be able to give the actual presentation, which because there were slides and, and a whole bunch of, bunch of stuff. And so this will be less funny than the presentation because all the humor was really in the slides with the animated GIFs and stuff like that. But I wanted to kind of go over some of the points because failure is an important topic to be familiar with and comfortable with. Um, when you're running. So I have like kind of the outline that I covered and sort of the beginning was just telling people like, Hey, I wasn't always a runner. (laughs) Like people always assume I was, but I wasn't. And so I've run into plenty of issues and I still run into issues. Um, And I decided to, for the presentation, categorize failures into four different categories. The first ones are like the self-inflicted things we do to ourselves because we're not being smart. Mm -hmm. Uh, The best example I have for me is that uh, back when I was training for my first marathon for New York city, I was following a strict training plan and like, I'm not old. I was 29 at the time, but 29 isn't 25 or 19. And it is not. <laughs> no, it's not. No. And so I had a strict training plan that actually took into account my physical ability and my age. And it had told me I was supposed to take a, a rest day. And instead I went out and played soccer with people and I hurt my hip pretty badly. And that's probably never going to be the same again. Like I, it hasn't been since, and it's been two and a half years since the since the injury now i mean i've talked to my doctor he's like yeah it's probably always going to give you little bits of trouble here and there mm-hmm. um and that was you know definitely a self-inflicted thing and a, about a year after that i went really hard for the first time at a marathon for time and i was doing great and ahead of my target pace and about 19 miles in a little bit past 19 miles in the hip just kind of gave out on me between one step and the next mm-hmm. and it was miserable then because I knew it was like from this injury that is now more or less permanent 
that I had done to myself completely unnecessarily the, the year before. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's just kind of a, you know, they're, we do those things to ourselves and we have to deal with the consequences and they just, they happen. Right. Um, the second category of failure was the incidental things that'll just happen no matter how prepared you are from time mm-hmm. to time. Uh, I, I have asthma. And so like, no matter how prepared I am, sometimes asthma is going to stop me. Like uh, two, not this past year, but the year before uh, I was doing the Atlanta 10 miler, which I've loved since we first did it. Uh-huh. Uh, it's probably my favorite Atlanta race. And I didn't finish that day because I had an asthma attack. And I mean, I've done much longer distance at a faster pace than I was doing, but it just hit me and I couldn't, I couldn't do it. So, uh, and it's sort of a knowing that that's going to happen sometimes. It's just, you deal with it. Mm-hmm. Um, the hip pain thing now, I, every once in a while I have to just stop on a workout cause I realize like my hip is telling me I have to stop and right. I don't want to exacerbate it. Uh, and then also, I don't think I've mentioned this on the show before, but I'm pretty open about like, I deal with major depression and last year there are two, I didn't talk to many people about this at the time, but there are two minute, two different out of town races that I had planned to go to. And I just decided I couldn't do it. Like my head was just not there. I was physically prepared and my head just wasn't in it. I was like, you know what? I can't do it. And to me, like not even going to the races is another, like this is a thing that's going to happen to me from time to time. And I just sort of accepting that that's going to happen is, you know, a big deal. Uh, then I, I had uh, the next category was what I called the WTF category. <laughs> <laughs> the, the things you don't see coming. Uh, for me, the particular example was the, my last two marathons last year. And I know you know about this, Elizabeth. Um, but so I did the Marine Corps marathon in DC in, I guess that was October. And then in November, I did the Athens, Greece marathon in Athens, Greece, the, the original mm-hmm. marathon there. And in both of those, uh, I found myself getting nauseated and stuff and I hadn't really experienced that in a race before and I didn't know what was happening and it just completely wrecked those races. And of course I was kind of afraid that this was going to be a thing forever. Um, thankfully I worked, worked with my doctor, figured out what the cause was and have moved past it. But like sometimes you should almost like expect that unexpected things are going to happen from time to time. There's just, there's nothing you can do to stop completely une- like weird things from happening from time to time. Um, and the last one is that we all just have limits, like absolute limits at some point. Uh, yeah. I, I'm not an elite runner. I know like I'm, I'm fast compared to some people, but I'm not an elite runner. And there's so multiple tiers of runners between me and elite runners. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so like I have my goals. Uh, I want to qualify for Boston. I want to qualify at the fastest age group. But like I might not have it in me to do in the next three years when I'm in that. And if so, that's OK. I'm going to keep trying until then. But right. like. But sometimes we have those and it's just like sometimes if we are actually pushing ourselves to our limits, sometimes we're not going to hit what we want to. And uh, so there's like four different categories of failures that I went through. And after that, like there's a bunch of specific lessons that I kind of delivered to everybody. And so the first one was to uh, pre-accept lots of failure. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just if you know in advance that you're going to fail a whole lot, (laughs) um, it makes each one hit less as it happens. It's like, okay, that's this time. Right. I mean, you know, I failed before and I've succeeded after it. I will succeed after this time too. So it's, it yeah. makes it less impactful. Right. It's part of, it's part of the journey as a runner, mm-hmm. you know, cause exactly like, you know, we were talking about like even those elite runners, yeah. you know, they make it look so easy, but it's because they train yeah. so hard to, to do just that. But you know, they experience all of this too. And yeah. So. And some of them have failures on race day. Like, oh, you know, sometimes you see it and they just, somebody falls apart, you know? Yep. And yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it's bad when you can see it on their face. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. Um, then the next one was to make tons of goals. I know I talked about this uh, last week, but uh, really just making a whole lot of goals, like smaller goals, parallel goals, unrelated goals, because if you get overly focused on one specific goal and then you realize you're not going to hit it or you're much further from it than you th- than you think you're going to, or you do get to it. Like eventually you just kind of stop like what, well, what's next. But 
if you if you find like if I find that I'm just not in the ballpark of Boston, like I'm I'm not going to make it if I'm two thirds of the way through training, I'll still try. But if that was my only goal, I would I would have burned out on running by now if that were the only goal I had. But instead, I just come up with like, oh, I want to hit 50 states and I would like just all kinds of things that at least I'm always making progress towards other things, even if this doesn't happen. Right. And uh, and I think that applies to a whole lot more than running, of course, but like just have other things that matter like other successes that you can count as you go. Right. Yeah. I know. Um, yeah, I follow Lauren Fleshman. She's a professional runner. She's retired from the sport now, but I mean, she just has so much wisdom and she always said that just going into any race, like always have an A, B and C goal. So, and it doesn't have to be, you know, time related. I mean, a lot of the time it might be for a race, but it doesn't have to be. Mm -hmm. And just defining what that is for you. So A is like, you know, you have the best day ever, what you want to achieve. Um, And then, you know, B is kind of like something that, you know, is attainable, but it's still like a really, you know, you'd feel really good about it if you got it. And then C is just kind of like, not a given because, you know, it wouldn't be a goal if it's just a given, but you know, something. So then that way, like, you can walk away and you can always be, you know, happy that you met something, like you said, so you don't get burnt out. Because, you know, if you yeah, if your only goal was to qualify for Boston and running how many years and you're like, well, I'm still I'm still working toward <laughs> it, not really feeling like you're successful in something or achieving anything like that takes the love out of it, too. Mm-hmm. And, you know, since we're not elite runners, we're not doing this as a job <laughs> right. for a paycheck. You know, we're recreational like we, you know, we do this for fun. Right. And, you know, when it stops being fun, mm-hmm. that's that's not good. You kind of want to reassess yeah. Yeah, the, the pressure you're putting on yourself. and Which segues right into my next lesson, <laughs> which is uh, remember what's actually important. Yeah. So it's like, and I, when, if you tell people to remember what's important, they'll, they might fixate on what's important about the particular goal, but it's like, no, no, no. There are other things that are important about you that have nothing to do with any particular goal, regardless of what it is. Even if it's, even if you take deep pride in your career and it's a particular career goal, like what's the thing that's actually important about you that that is indicative of. And so for me, for instance, like I talk about running a lot. I think about running a lot. I spend a lot of time doing it. And a lot of other people think of me. One of the first things they think of now is my running, but it's not a part of my identity at all to me. Mm -hmm. Like what is part of my identity is the intensity that I apply to it. But like, I already am well, uh, like very comfortable with the fact that if something happens where I'm not able to run anymore, yes, I'll be disappointed. I'm surely, but I will just shift that intensity to something else because that's that's the important part is that I'm doing something in an intense way where I'm pushing myself forward and feel like I'm making progress. And like, it's a way to just feel like I'm achieving things to better myself. And, uh, and so I'm like, that's the important thing, not right. the running itself. The running is just a way I exhibit that. Right. Right. Um, and so I think people keeping their priorities straight, realizing like it's almost never a particular goal that is in and of itself, the thing that's important. Mm-hmm. Right. It's more about what it, what more abstract thing it represents about you. And so remembering that and keeping those two things separate is, I think, goes a long way to being able to, to handle it when you just find yourself falling short. Right. Yeah. And again, like, I mean, I know I've said about the journey a lot, but yeah. I mean, yeah, meeting the goal is great, but you learn so much that just like life experience and life lessons that can apply to everything when you're working toward that goal. So that journey toward it. Mm-hmm. So just building, you know, that mental will, that endurance, and then being able to look back and say that there were so many times that I wanted to give up when things got tough, but I didn't. And yeah. And like you said, that can be applied to anything outside of running. Yeah. So uh, one of the things that goes into kind of making it more about the journey is uh, one of the 
lessons I had was getting others to join you because like whether they're better than you or not as good at you at a thing is like when you have other people along, their successes really do become your successes. Yeah. Uh, I know that in the last couple of years since I've taken this up, uh, I've been in a position to encourage a bunch of other people hitting new, you know, new milestones. And that's probably as much as I love running and hitting my own goals, definitely seeing other friends finish their first marathons or half marathons and so on, like has been way more satisfying. And just because it is. And it's yeah. like when you include other people in it, suddenly it does become much more about that journey because you get to encourage them with like lessons you've learned, uh, even if it's like small things, like how to deal with a very particular leg problem or something or larger ones, like how to get their morale up, mentioning to them that you have had exactly like very similar struggles. So it's like, hey, don't beat yourself up. You're going to get there. Don't worry. Like, um, yeah, it's just really satisfying to see other people who you care about succeeding. And so getting other people involved is a great way to pull the focus off of just the results, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. The running community is just one of my favorite things about mm-hmm. the sport. Cause yeah, every, it's so open. It's so positive. It is. I know. And like we were saying, you know, how you were saying about like, about not being fast or, you know, you're fast, but there's, I'm not multiple nowhere tiers. near elite. Yeah, sure. But like, you know, it, it doesn't matter like what your capability is like, you know, someone could be really fast, but they're still like good for you. Like getting out there, like, you know, hustling, mm-hmm. even though I'm like, they would leave me in the dust. Like, so it's just so cool to, to still, yeah, just have that connection with people and that shared experience and wisdom that, yeah, like you can commiserate when things aren't going well. Um, and usually that's the great thing when, you know, you have those struggles and nine times out of 10, people are like, oh yeah, I went through this, either the same thing or something similar. Like everyone can relate. And it's just so nice to know that, hey, I'm not alone. And yeah, it's just part part of it. Yeah. So uh, going from that, the next, uh, the next item was just uh, respect, test, and push your limits, but do so thoughtfully. So it's don't ignore your limits. Like make sure that you actually know what they are. For instance, like I'm never going to not have asthma. My depression is always going to be a thing. My hip is going to be a continuing problem. So it's sort of, uh, you know, listening to those when I have to, and then knowing, like understanding them well enough to know when I can push and when I can't. Um, helps me push them further and further and further as long as I back off at the right times. And, uh, you know, it can be other things, but knowing what those limitations are for you, because we all have them to some degree or another, rather than burning yourself out in physical ways or mental ways, like, it's just important to really come to an understanding of yourself. Be honest with yourself about what your edges are so that you can, so that you can, like, respect them and not do something that will hurt you, (laughs) you know? Right. Absolutely. I find that. So I do bar three fitness. I started off as a client at the bar three Atlanta South Buckhead studio here. And uh, now I'm an instructor because I just fell head over heels in love with the workout and all the benefits. So it has really informed my running and given me that mind body kind of connection. So like you said, like really listening to your body and knowing those Mm -hmm. limits because yeah we talk about all the time like in class you know I tell my clients I'm like okay you know find your edge you know and stay within that edge so yeah how you said you know knowing your edge and knowing where where that is and having that clear definition of this is what I'm capable of and that's fluid because as you you know continue to progress like you have new limits because you can bust through the expectations you already had for yourself but then you get better and better stronger and faster and yeah it's a constant <laughs> learning process, learning those limits and working within them. Yep. Uh, and the next one is just a thing that you've already had said had several times. I put like, find value in the doing. Make sure that you're finding value in the thing itself, whether it's enjoying running or if it's a work thing, like making sure that you're finding the value of what you're learning in the process so that 
the experience itself is valuable rather than just the result that it will give you, right? Um, and so that is, it's very much a, it's the journey, not the, the end destination, but making sure that you're actually aware of that is a way to make the whole thing worthwhile so you don't feel bitter about it if you don't hit whatever goal it is. If, if you end up not getting a job that you want, but like you learned a whole lot in the process of preparing for it, it's like, well, even if it's not enjoyment, you've gotten some value out of it that you know you can put forward to something else. And I, the kind of little addendum I put to that was, uh, even if you look stupid, uh, and I really mean it as a try to make it that you so that you feel okay looking stupid while doing whatever it is, because then it means you're actually getting value, whether it's, you know, learning, because like looking stupid in that case would be kind of humility is like, hey, I'm, I'm learning, I don't, I'm not the expert on this. And I'm, I'm learning and I'm okay looking stupid about it. Or if it's, you know, fun for running, like, doing goofy costumes and stuff like that. It's like, hey, you're now just enjoying the thing, right? right. Like you really are. Because if you're, you are very rarely going for your personal best time-wise if you're wearing a costume. Except if you're wielding a lightsaber. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. uh, and so it probably means you're getting value out of the running itself at that yes, point. Yes, so. exactly. Yeah, because, you know, that's why we all, I think we all stick with running is because we enjoy doing it. And so all the goals and everything is just like part of, you know, getting better because I feel like a lot of runners are that like kind of type a high achieving personality type people so we just can't help ourselves like we're like okay yeah this is fun but what can I do with this well and then I get asked sometimes for people who aren't into running but they want to be Mm -hmm. it's like finding ways to make the running itself a thing that you enjoy by like tying something else to it is a good way to start developing the habit too it's like oh I really enjoy doing these weird costume runs or I really enjoy uh, playing this running based game, whether it's, you know, for a while there was like a run zombies run game where people would, you'd listen to a thing and it would like gamify your running. So it'd say like, it, it would give you a section where like the zombies are on you run now. And then it would tell you to like back off oh, and stuff like that. Cool. So, um, so yeah, a like, sneaky little interval workout disguised <laughs> as a game. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So finding ways to make yourself enjoy, yeah. enjoy it just really helps a lot. Um, Cool. And then the last thing, and it summarizes all of it, and so we don't have to elaborate on this one, but it's uh, it was really just the final message was, you know, there's always another race, whether you're talking running or anything else. So don't be an idiot. Like, don't yep. <laughs> don't make it so that you can't get to the next one, right? right. Um, yeah. So that's uh, that was my topic. Uh, I'm glad that, that one was like a pretty strong uh, discussion. I feel good about yeah, that. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. The next segment is what are you looking forward to? Disney related or running related? I feel like there's a straightforward one here. Oh, yeah. Princess. Absolutely. Um, Anything else? Um, uh, After Princess, I'm not signed up for anything. But, I mean, it's exciting to, yeah, to not have anything. So I can kind of, like, scope out what I want to do next. and Maybe um, do Peachtree this year? Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Because you haven't done it in a few years. I haven't, no. And it's so fun. Yeah, maybe Peachtree. Um, And then I may be going to Disney again in may one more time before my annual pass expires <laughs> and although i will renew but <laughs> yeah so i know i get antsy and you probably know it too having an annual pass like once you don't have a trip on the books you're like uh-huh. oh no like what what do i do with myself <laughs> yeah like i have because i'm doing star wars dark side weekend in april and then nothing planned until wine and dine weekend and it's like clearly yeah, i need to go down stretch. between them yeah. yeah and for yeah and for people who don't know when that is the light sides in april and wine and dines in november yeah. so that's that's a little bit of a stretch yeah a little <laughs> bit um yeah and I'll, I'll have to do the halloween uh, at some point, because I didn't yes. get to do it this past year uh-huh. uh, because of the hurricane. So right, yeah, I want to go back down for Halloween. It's yeah, it's so good. Yeah, the only thing that I am that I have that I haven't already mentioned in a bunch of episodes is a uh, Black Panther is coming out soon, and that's Disney related, and I am really is. excited about that. I just this morning bought two tickets for like noon 
on that Saturday and I'm like, I'll find somebody to go with me. Yeah. <laughs> I just, it's like, I, I have the two tickets, they're good seats. Cause there's like, they're all reserved seats and I didn't want everything to get taken up. So yeah, um, yeah it does look good. I mean, I'm um, not really typically Superhero. into, yeah, to Marvel. So, I mean, it's, it's good, but I'm not going to, you know, go see it in theaters or anything yeah. like that. But I mean, I still haven't seen like Avengers or mm-hmm. anything, but it, it looks really good. Yeah. And I've been hearing just, I don't know, Insanely I guess a lot good, of hype. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, I'm sure it's warranted. Yeah. But I thought, yeah, I'm pumped about that, but that's it. So, uh, yeah, that's the show. Elizabeth Bramblett, thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me. It was uh, a lot there, of fun. Uh, is there anything you want to plug other than Bar uh, 3? Oh, yeah, Bar 3. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's so good, especially if you're a runner. It's, you know, it's nice to have um, just something else to build strength to, yeah. So it's a great outlet if you're looking for an opportunity for cross training, strength training, want to try it. Um, yeah, there's a studio in South Buckhead. I'm there. <laughs> I teach at 6 a.m. on Thursdays <laughs> and on Saturdays. But yeah, no, Bar 3 is great. Um, I'm not selling anything. I don't have a pocket. Yeah. Yeah. You're just selling Bar 3. Exactly. Bar 3. You're selling health. Exactly. <laughs> Invest in yourself. <laughs> uh, cool. Well, uh, other than that, uh, if you're listening and you're not yet, uh, I have an Instagram account for the podcast which is uh, at run the small world. And I have a Twitter account, which is run small world. Uh, so follow me there. Um, thanks for listening and tune in next time. You did great. Cool. Thanks. That was fun. That was fun. Yeah. I think I'll, I'll go ahead and leave most of this in. Cause we we definitely did a longer episode. My, my topic, that was much more of a discussion back and forth than most of them have been. Cause mm-hmm. I think it was just open to it a lot. Then yeah. you had a lot to say. So, which well, is great. I, yeah. <laughs> I know. Like when you, yeah. would say, so, I was like the ABC goal. I was like, yeah, I figure, you know what, people will be okay if every once in a while I break 30 minutes, so. Oh, yeah. Was that more than 30 minutes? Yeah. Oh, really? Okay, because, like, we were, like, just, like, going and going and going along, and I was like, oh, gosh, I feel like it's going to be under, because I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, I don't have anything to say. <laughs> like, so. Yeah. But. Um, you doing anything else the rest of the day? I may, uh, yeah, make my move goal. Oh, get yeah. out there and walk in the subdivision or something. <laughs> oh, I can, um, yeah, maybe, like, get my mom. We can go walk or something. Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah. So, Got to. Yeah. Edit and post this, and then edit and post a podcast episode that's long overdue for my other podcast, uh, Trivially Crucial, which I've mentioned last time. Um, if anybody's listening and you really like, you're also really excited about Black Panther, my friend Mandy and I, we talk about that kind of thing. Uh, so you should check that out. It's on the same website. Um, yeah. And then I need to get another run in. So technically, it'll be two long runs in the span of one 24 hour period. But yeah. I know I was about to say, is your, your run tonight going to be before midnight? So you're like, yeah, your, your percent on the, on your activity rings, it's, it's going to be, be like a thousand. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Cause I mean, I did 11 miles last night and then today's run is going to be an added 30 minutes to that. So, oh, wow. yeah. so that, cause that was an hour and 40 something minutes. And so you add 30 minutes onto that and yeah, I'll be, so it'll be, I will, not I'll probably be a little bit under a marathon, but not that much under yeah. over the course of today, which is oh, cool. That is cool. <laughs> it's relaxed pace though, so it's yeah, it's, yeah. Marathon's a marathon, no matter how fast you run it. It's true. It's true. Everybody who ever does one should be proud. Yes. Cool.